Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Wasn't that such a sweet, sweet video? Oh my goodness. First service, I wasn't ready because I hadn't seen it yet. And then I was like, oh, tears and so much cuteness. I am so excited to be representing the women today. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Galatians 5. As you do that, I just wanted to say happy Mother's Day because I know how hard it is to be a mom. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and even though they're both potty trained, I'm still worn out, but yet blessed. Moms, you are the MVPs. You are the real superheroes. You are like the Incredible Hulk. You will smash anything that comes at your kiddos to protect them. Spiders, rodents, who knows what. You will do your best to protect them. You are like a ninja turtle because your superpowers usually come from a science experiment or a freak accident. And that process leaves you forever changed and with powers you didn't even realize you had. Moms, you are like the Black Panther because coffee is like your vibranium. You go into everyday battles. Woo! Everyday battles. Like getting the kids to school, but first, coffee. You are like Elastigirl. No matter how much you get pulled, no matter how much you get stretched, you still manage to multitask and keep it all together. Moms, you are the greatest superheroes. So I know that you often pray for your children. So this morning, we want to pray for you. So if you're a mama this morning, will you please stand up? Can we give these mamas a hand? You don't even need to wear a superhero costume. You are just completely amazing. So I want to pray for you this morning. If church, if you're around a mama, will you just stretch out your hand to them? Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for these moms, Lord Jesus. We thank you that they are the MVPs. They are the superheroes of their families, Lord. We thank you that they give of themselves day in and day out so selflessly, Father. Things that even think might go unseen, Lord Jesus, but they aren't unseen by you, Lord. And Father, we thank you for how detailed they are. We thank you for how they remember everything, Lord Jesus, every birthday, every special date, Lord. We thank you for how intentional they are, Lord. And Father, I just pray this morning that they would feel loved, that they would feel appreciated, that they would feel celebrated, And be reminded that they're not only beautiful on the outside, but they are beautiful on the inside. 
And Lord Jesus, as they pour out day in and day out, Father, I pray that your blessing would pour over them, Lord. I pray today as they leave, Father, that they would be overflowing. I pray that your spirit would refresh them this morning. And Lord Jesus, I pray that it would be affirmed and encouraged. And Lord, we thank you for who you are. We take and seal in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in our series called There's Grace for That. And my husband kicked it off on Easter Sunday. And then Pastor Austin continued it last week with talking about walking shoes. So this morning, the Lord laid on my heart to talk about keeping in step with the Spirit. The Bible is full of verses that talk about our walk. And there were 14 different ones that I just wanted to point out to you this morning. It reminds us how we should walk and what our walk should look like. The first one being walk by the Spirit. Walk as children of the light. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk in love. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. Walk how his son Jesus walked this earth as the perfect example. Be careful how you walk as wise, making most of your time because the days are evil. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That one puts so much conviction as I read it. Observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. As I was just thinking about our spiritual walk, I was thinking about our physical walk as well. So many times we walk and we keep up with how we walk. So I have this really cool gift I got for Christmas, a little Apple Watch. And when I click on it, it tells me how many steps I've taken. And I sometimes get caught up going, oh my gosh, I get home and I'm like, wow, I got like 12,000 steps today. That was incredible. And then sometimes I get caught up in thinking, oh, well, I can track my husband's steps too. How many did he get? And I get home on the couch and I'm like, oh, only 10,000 then? 10,000 today? Okay, that's it. That's all you got? It's because I'm more tired than you. So because I, I did got more steps, you should probably wash the dishes or something because I'm too tired because I got in those extra thousands of steps. And um, I don't know if you know uh, my husband very well, but he is super competitive. And so when I started pointing that out to him, that just made him work even harder. So then there was days we got home and then I noticed, I was like, oh, okay, stepping up his game, literally. And... Um, <laughs> As he's stepping up his game, I'm going, okay. Then I, I don't really mention as much that day, like, oh, about the steps. But, you know, he, he's always there to remind me. And <laughs> sometimes we get a little obsessed with it, you know. And at work, as we're cleaning up after our Mother's Day Out program ends, and we're cleaning up, and I can hear my coworker saying, ooh, 13,000 steps today. You know, and, and everybody's like chit-chatting and throwing out how many steps they got. And it's like this thing we kind of get obsessed with, how many steps we get. And we get obsessed with lots of things, like our body image and so many other things. But just 
as concerned you are with how your steps are doing. How are our steps doing spiritually? What's your spiritual pedometer like? Because it really does matter how we walk. So we open up to Galatians 5, 16 through 18. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The first thing that sticks out to me in this scripture is walk by the Spirit. When he says Spirit, he means Holy Spirit. Spirit's kind of like his nickname. And when Jesus left this earth, he would send a helper in his place. Our helper, our comforter, our guide is the Holy Spirit. And what's great about the Holy Spirit is that it's a gift. And this gift never stops giving. It's always giving. And when he gives to us, he helps us. He helps us to transform us into the image of Christ. He gives us power and authority. He sanctifies us. And I don't know about you, but I need a lot of sanctification in my life when I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. He helps to remind us of the truth when the enemy is spitting lies at us. He helps us to renew our mind and stand in what is true. He leads us to victory over our conscious sin and the ability to reveal the sin in our life that we're not even aware of. He is our intercessor. And when we don't know what to pray, he, we can pray by the Spirit. He will guide our prayer. He gives us strength to overcome. What's great about walking by the Spirit is that we will not gratify, we will not satisfy, we will not give pleasure to the desires of our flesh. Our flesh, mm-mm, oh, that flesh. Our flesh is the element of our very own human nature, and many times the natural tendencies are opposing to everything the Spirit desires. Most of the time, we find ourselves slaves to our very own sin, sinful desires with a godless human nature. If you can open up to Romans 6, verse 15. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves as present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, 
So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Verse 20. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit of you gets leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, church? This scripture reminded me that I no longer want to be a slave to sin. I'd rather be a slave to righteousness. Being a slave to sin only leads to death. And that definitely gave me a whole new perspective at life. The Apostle Paul not only writes about flesh in Galatians, but he also writes in Romans as well. And I believe Paul's writing it not only one time, but two times, because he knew that we needed to hear it more than once. When we are born, we don't exactly like come out and step with the Spirit. How many of you moms know that? So we don't teach our kids to kick. We don't teach our kids to scream or when we're at HEB to throw a fit because you won't get them the something something on the way out from checkout, all those temptations that are hanging there. And so they, you know, we don't teach them those things and we just come out sinning in our flesh. We were born sinners. And we have to let the Spirit work in us so that we can be more like Christ. We have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our flesh and look to the Spirit. God wants to replace that. He doesn't just want to just take something away. He wants to replace it. He wants to replace it with his Spirit. He gives us the strength to walk it out, to keep in step with the Spirit. You might find yourselves in a battle every day. I know that I've been walking with the Lord for over 13 years now, and I still find myself in a battle. And when I think about the battle, the image that pops in my mind is me with the little devil on one side and the little angel on the other. And I think about how every day, several times a day, and if you're mom, it's typically multiplied by, you know, five times a day, that I get in those moments where I feel like I have to make a decision. And sometimes those decisions that I get tempted with are just the enemy whispering, saying, don't study for your sermon. You got that. You got that, girl. You'll be just fine. Or if you're a college student, don't study for that test. Don't study for that final. You got this. It's okay to watch a little more Netflix. Just ignore the kids, they'll be fine. Or let the kids play another game on their iPad so you can check your Facebook account. And on and on and on it goes. For me this year, at the beginning of the year, the Holy Spirit had dropped in me to just stop drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what, you're right, I should do that. I should stop drinking that, it's so, so bad for you anyway. And then I go, but, you know, I'll finish those stuff I have in the fridge, and then, you know, I'll be done with it. But just like you, I have a really awesome mom. 
So my mom comes over with the 12 pack of Dr. Pepper and puts it in my fridge. I'm like, thanks mom, it's awesome. I was really trying to quit, you know? And so then I'm going, okay, well after this 12 pack, then I'll, you know, I'll quit and I'll stop and I'll stop drinking it. And then I tell Ben, I'm like, Ben, you know, like I need to, I need to stop drinking Dr. Pepper. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you should do that. That would be awesome. So then, you know, weeks go by and I'm still drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. And Ben's like, hey, I, uh, I thought you were gonna quit drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was, and yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. So then, you know, the mom's awesome, so she keeps bringing the 12 packs and I keep drinking them because they're in the fridge and they're cold and they're like a great pairing with like tacos and pizza and different things that I eat. And so it just becomes so satisfying. And so really I just keep drinking and as I was preparing for this message, my, like a couple weeks ago, my side started hurting really bad. It's like, oh man, I don't know what that is. I don't know where that's coming from. Trying to process down the list, like what could this be? And the Holy Spirit gently reminds me again, you need to stop drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is really hurting my kidney right now. <laughs> Why didn't I listen to you in January when you told me to quit and to stop drinking it? And when you gently reminded me through my husband, hey, you said you were going to stop and you're still doing it. And so there's so many times that we're torn between things where the enemy says, hey, keep doing it, and where the spirit says, hey, you really need to stop, and not knowing what was to come. The Holy Spirit knew my kidney couldn't handle another diet, Dr. Pepper. The difference with us is that we have the Holy Spirit to give us direction. When you choose to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it becomes who you are. In Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. You're probably thinking, wow, Paul just went like crazy writing all these things in the Bible. And... I could only help but think, these things are probably going on around Paul. He's already seen these things thousands and thousands of years ago, so and they're still going on today. So it's not stuff that we just made up in the last several years. These have been things that have been going on for thousands of years. And they are no surprise to the Lord. He's seen the ugly, the uglier, and the ugliest. All of these things are opposite fruit. Opposite of the fruit we bear when the Lord comes in. When we keep in step with the Spirit, we will inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control from Diet Dr. Pepper. Those all sound like characteristics I could use in my life, and that would lead to a life worthy of the Lord. 
There is a book, and it's entitled A Woman's Walk with God by Elizabeth George. The author points out some things about the fruit of love. Elizabeth points out in the scripture of Galatians 5.22 that Paul gives the supremacy and places love first because he knew how important that would be. Love is an act. It's an act of, a, act of will. It's hard to love under circumstances when we're burned out, when we're suffering, when we're tired, when we're burdened down, or we're just flat mothering. We have to decide to love those around us. It doesn't come naturally in our flesh, but comes with the Spirit loving us and us being receptive to receive that love. Love is an action, not just words. If we are loving, we will display the fruits of the Spirit. Love reaches out and helps us to love the unlovely. Love expects nothing in return. Love is sacrificial. What's amazing is we are called to love. God calls us to love. He calls us to love those who are irritating, those who are bothersome, those who are ungrateful, those who are unrighteous, the ones that are most difficult to love and that bring you the most misery. Now moms, you probably wouldn't say this this morning, but sometimes our kids can cause us the most misery and we have to love them anyway. It's a choice, right? Sometimes love doesn't come naturally, so we have to choose to love. We have to choose to love our kids when they're disobedient, when they're irrational, and even when they talk back. My three-year-old already talks back, y'all. Elizabeth also shares that to recognize that there is someone I do not love is like saying to the Lord, I don't love you enough to love that person. In verse 15 in Galatians 5, it says too, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper on our walk. He helps us walk out our greatest burdens and face adversity. Sometimes life just throws things at us and it's so unexpected. When we keep in step with the Spirit, we let, us, let him guide us, guiding us from harm, like a hurt kidney. Keeping step with the Spirit means walking in obedience to the Spirit and saying no when temptation comes your way. Mom, don't bring me any more Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Keeping in step with the Spirit takes practice. Occasionally, you misstep. Sprain an ankle, hurt a knee, but you must let the Holy Spirit pick you back up. It's walking in the Spirit that helps us solve our inner conflicts within ourselves and those around us. Matthew Poole, in his commentary of the scripture, says, So those who live in the Spirit ought to produce and will produce effects suitable to the cause of them and the principle from which they flow. Let me say that one more time. So those who live in the spirit ought to produce and will produce effects suitable to the cause of them 
and the principle from which they flow. So my hope for you this morning is that we keep in step with the Spirit so that we produce godly fruit and not fleshly fruit. In John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Ouch. Nothing. Nothing. I don't know about you, but I really want to do something. I want to do something with him. I want to bear fruit. And not just a little bit of fruit, but a lot of fruit. Elizabeth also wrote something that stuck in my head this week. What you are at home is what you are. What you are at home is what you are. Most days I'm leading my kids on their roughest days and losing my mind. And I have to remind myself to be led by the spirit and not my flesh. My flesh wants to lash out and say things that I know that are inappropriate. And if anybody saw me at home doing those things, it would be like, wow, B. You just went there. You need to calm down. You need to walk to the other room or something. Because we all have those moments. But then there's other days when I feel like what I'm doing in my kids is awesome and they're moving mountains and I watch them overcome some incredible obstacles in front of them. Pastor Rich from our Every Nation Church in Abilene says, fruit was made to be eaten by others. Now, I know if I'm consistent with keeping in step with the Spirit, when my kids turn 18, I'm going to get to watch them. And I'm going to get to see their fruit develop. And their fruit develop so others can eat of it. But for right now, when they're not 18, and we're having hard days, I'm just going to lean in and let the Holy Spirit guide me. As a coach, some of your favorite lines as a coach is, trust the process. Keep in step with the Spirit is another way to say, trust the process. Because we all know we can't do it on our own. God doesn't want me to do it on my own. And some of you may find yourselves in seasons where God has called you to move, either physically or spiritually, he has been prompting you. When I was a softball coach years ago, I had this moment at our sending church. We were worshiping, and I was kind of going through a storm, and I heard the Lord clearly say, quit your job. I'm like, skirt, wait, what? He's like, quit your job. I'm like, Lord, wait, we're in a recession. There's no jobs out there. We're newly married. Um, just so you know, I'm going to have to work. Otherwise, we're, we may not make it. We'll be moving back in with the parents real soon. And so we got bills to pay. Like, I have to work. There's just no way. So as I processed it for weeks, the weeks turned into months, and I even tried to even convince myself Maybe he didn't say that. Maybe he didn't mean that. 
This is all I know. I've only coached softball fresh out of college, and this is just all I know, and just, there's nothing else. I, I'm going to do this. I have plans. I want to you know, take it to the next level. Junior college is great, but you know, I want to go Division One, Division Two. I got goals, and I want to do these things. And so as I was processing with my husband, he just was encouraging, but he would say little things, and I would be reminded. Like, babe, out of fear for the Lord, if he's called you to do something, you need to do it. Okay. All right. Okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. And I stepped down from my coaching position, a little apprehensive and freaking out, but at the same time, just walking by faith, thinking, okay, Lord, if you said it, you're going to provide. And I don't see it right now but I trust that you have something better for me. And as I started pursuing things, the doors, some doors would be open, like a part-time bank teller position that I was like, why do I have a degree? And I'm working here, Lord, but this isn't even in my degree or my major. What am I doing? And so just trusting, trusting the process. And then I started working on my teacher certification thinking if I have my teacher certification I can go back and still coach and I'll coach high school softball because I can do that like coach college and it should be awesome and this will be great and this is another door you can open Lord so I had an interview and then I would apply and the doors just kept shutting and I'm thinking Lord what are you doing I just quit my job, and now I'm pursuing things, and you just keep closing doors, and I just don't understand what is going on. If you closed one door, why aren't you opening another? So defeated, I felt, and then I just started pursuing other things because clearly he didn't want me to coach softball. So I pursued and applied for a first-grade position at an elementary school, thinking there's no way I'll get this, but I'll just try. Then getting a call back, like a day later, hey, you're hired, we're so excited to have you on staff. And I'm like, this is gonna be awesome, I think. I mean, I was a softball coach, and now I'm going down to first graders. These are six and seven-year-olds, they're not 18 and 19. Okay, Lord, whatever you wanna do, if you think I can do this, okay. But little did I know, I would be at a brand new school with a brand new principal working 60, 70 hours a week. I don't even know if I saw my husband the whole year long, but I got through it. And then the next year, we got pregnant with Benson, and the Lord said, quit your job. Thank you, Lord. Again? Again, you want me to quit my job? Okay, again. All right. But you know, this time was easier because he was faithful the last time and I knew that he would be faithful again. And little did I know that he was preparing me. He was preparing me to be a mom, to transition into being a stay-at-home mom. He was helping me because he knew that he was moving me to San Antonio and that would conflict if I was spending a whole nother school year with kids and teaching. He already knew that. He already knew the doors that he was opening. He knew that I would have to be mentally prepared for planning a church and standing alongside my husband 
when he was having his hardest days. And he needed to hear, by faith, you can walk this out and you can do this. Because I knew he was faithful. Some of you are being prompted this morning, or you've been being prompted like me since January. Some of you have been walking in obedience, and some of you have been hesitant. But I just want you to know this morning that you can trust him. You can trust him in the process and that he is so faithful. Some of you this morning need someone to come alongside you, to encourage you, to lift you up when you feel like you can't do it. Or maybe, hey, maybe that's not what he's saying, but to affirm you. I'm so thankful I had my husband there to push me, to keep stepping. So the question I have for you this morning is do you have someone in your life to keep you stepping spiritually? Asking you the questions, how is your walk? How's your walk going this week? How are you, go how are you doing? And if you don't have that this morning, I encourage you to invite somebody in your life that can do that for you to help you start growing some fruit in your life so that others can eat of it. Church, would you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray for you. Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the words that you've just pressed on our hearts and on our minds, Lord. Father, I thank you that you prompt us Lord, that you encourage us. And even though we don't know what's going to happen and where your steps are taking us, Lord, but we trust you in the process to know that you are faithful. And Lord Jesus, I just pray as those in here are being prompted, would they have the courage and the boldness to walk out whatever you have called them to, Lord. And I just pray, Father, as you open up doors, Lord, and guide steps, Lord, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. So, Lord, I just pray this morning, if we don't have somebody to keep us accountable, Lord, would you press on our heart, Lord, who that person is? And, Father, would you surround us with community and friends? that lift us up to keep us in step with your spirit. Lord, we just take and seal your word this morning. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.